0: We've got our take cannons
1: loaded and ready. ready Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys, are back Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception The Show.
0: Hey, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception The Show. Matt, how are you doing today on this beautiful Monday afternoon? Doing
1: great, man. uh You know, it's fully into the fall now at this point. Uh feels good. You know, not that the weather ever really changes uh where we are, but <laughs> no, still nevertheless, you know, you you can put a hoodie on and feel like a little bit better about yourself. Uh so that's great. But yeah, man, things are good. Um you know, we got a lot of news to cover through today. Um you know, I have no neighborhood complaints to to address on this podcast after um, <laughs> I saw way too many responses of uh, the guy you know the you're turning into your parents progressive commercial guy uh you know shout out to shout out to that uh, commercial which is one of the best but didn't appreciate being on the other end of it um which is understandable because you know if you listen to the last podcast we talked about the uh oh the, the, the trailer situation in my neighborhood which by the way the trailer uh-huh. is back the trailer back? is back it's back it's back in so- it's in somebody's driveway now what uh, so, like a couple streets down it's in the person's driveway oh, which is where it belonged the whole time thank you very oh, much
0: the mystery good has guys
1: solved the good guys win again and the good guys are me so um but that's i have not, no other
0: neighbor well, i don't understand I, I have no i'm not other. sure that's you i'm not sure that's you 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 i am the good guy, got guy your, your your neighbor's trailer that was not bothering you you got that one towed and he had to go pay money to get it out of the yard that's, I'm not, how, how does that make you the good guy? I'm not, I'm not following well, When you. Have, you have to bail a criminal out of jail. I mean, <laughs> <so> criminal.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Enough. Enough. I can't do this again.
0: <laughs> a criminal. Yes. Okay. I uh, got a big show in front of us here today. Definitely going to be breaking down what's going on out there with Arizona, but a couple other teams too, that uh, interesting situations happening here of course, with Washington. How about the L.A. Rams? I know they're on a bye this week, but uh, what does it look like for this team coming out of their bye? We're going to break that down. And then and then I want to talk about Tyreek Hill, too, and we will certainly get to that as well. But let's start in Arizona. Let's start in the desert there, Matt. Okay, Hollywood Brown is now out at least six weeks, maybe longer, broke his foot. Uh, they're saying it's a non-surgical break, a, a non-surgical fracture. He re-injured the same foot that he had surgery on, Back in 2019, a Liz Frank surgery back in 2019. Again, on that exact same foot does not sound great, but uh, initial reports, at least optimistic reports have him out at least six weeks would put him out. Um, until week fourteen, because the six weeks out would put him on the bye week, right? So it would be seven yeah. weeks out. Week fourteen now is when he is projected to come back at the earliest. Uh, what do you think? How does this impact the Arizona uh, passing attack?
1: Yeah, I think this is a huge loss. I think Hollywood Brown was playing really well. You know, we just talked about him on the Dynasty episode with uh, with Zach Miller, right? Uh, which was mm-hmm. great because it was a good time to spotlight the fact that you know Hollywood Brown has been playing extremely well for the Arizona Cardinals and really you know to a lot of Zach's points I think that Marquise Brown's has been an underrated player um, I talked about my theory on it is because you know Lamar Jackson is like a, a pet player for a lot of folks like Twitter favorite you know stuff like that so Marquise Brown got bagged on a lot as a first round pick for the Baltimore Ravens but was really having a big big year for the Arizona Cardinals you know and huge it's, this is what happens too with bad teams it's like when one good thing happens, another bad thing has to happen. Like they're just getting DeAndre Hopkins back, then they right. lose Marquise Brown, right? For the for the long term. It really sucks. Uh, because I think that Brown had brought them a dimension to this offense that hadn't really exist, which was something of like a compromise. You know, they had they had never really had like another perimeter receiver that was gonna threaten teams in the way that Brown was during the the couple years they've had DeAndre Hopkins there, right? Like they have right. AJ Green there last year, but then their two other guys were a pure slot receiver in Christian Kirk and a fake receiver in Rondell Moore. So, um, <laughs> you know, Marquise Brown was kind of right. could give them. I think Brown could have actually given them some good inside outside versatility with Hopkins back in the fold. Like yeah. I think he could have taken some of those Christian Kirk vertical slot plays and and those routes. But you know, we we won't know now. Uh, obviously, they make the corresponding move to. <clears throat> trade for to 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 trade for Robbie Anderson and I mean James it's just insane the resources that this team has spent on wide receivers since hiring uh just pass catchers in general since hiring Cliff Kingsbury you know they have they spent a seventh round pick in 2019 on Caleb Wilson a tight end they spent a six round pick that year on Keyshawn Johnson wide receiver fourth round pick on Hakeem Butler that year, second round pick on Andy Isabella that year. Um, They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They traded for Marquise Brown. They traded for Zach Ertz. They spent a second round pick on Rondale Moore. And then this past year they spent a (laughs) second round pick on, er, on Trey McBride a pass catching tight end after re-signing Zach Ertz to a huge deal. And now they've traded for Robbie Anderson. I get that. Like, this offense is built on spreading the field with multiple wide receivers, but good lord, man! I mean, just just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of wide receivers. And you know, they've, like I said, they've gotten some good players along the way there. Ironically, I think their their best homegrown wide receiver was Christian Kirk, which and he was drafted in 2018. You know, prior to the Cliff Kingsbury experience, the year right. they drafted Josh Rosen, um, and I think like Cliff Kingsbury misused. Christian Kirk as a as a perimeter receiver in like 2018 or 2019 and 2020 until finally getting him in the right role in 2021 and he leaves the team. So right, this and he's gone, <laughs> and he's gone. Right, this is this has been such a straight and like Andy Isabella never gave him anything. Hakeem Butler never Nothing. gave him anything. You know, right. it's just been a really bizarre run at the wide receiver position for the Arizona Cardinals, and now they trade. You know, I mean they they basically gave up like. A, a razor and some shaving cream for freaking Robbie yeah. Anderson. They they gave up a a twenty twenty four six round pick Sixth, and then
0: a yeah and then a Sixth twenty twenty five
1: seven. Oh, I mean a twenty twenty five James. That's so, how long ago? <laughs> how long is that in the future? So, um, it, it's not a major no. trade, but no. I don't know what's you what's your thought on Robbie Anderson and how he fits here? Because I was I was definitely saying, you know, as Robbie Anderson is like getting in fights with his coaches on the sideline Jeez. yesterday. I'm like, oh, yeah. Te- I'm sure teams are just lining up, lining up to take old Robbie Anderson, who's maybe had like one and a half good seasons in his career, and it and it and it, it definitely wasn't last year. It definitely hasn't been this year. And, you know, he's got a big contract. I know the Panthers are going to eat a lot of that contract. And right. he's got – I mean, this is like not, maybe his 10th, 12th personality-related flare-up so far, uh, what we saw yesterday. But, of course, one team was there. And it was the damn Arizona Cardinals who have spent just an absurd <laughs> amount of resources at this position.
0: I really thought the Rams were going to try to go in there and, uh, and try to get it. Cause, uh, you know, I tell you, they need a little bit of team speed. We talked about this before, uh, on multiple occasions, actually on this podcast, but you know, Robbie Anderson to me, right? Like he's 29 years old, um, and he's flashed, right? Like he's had a couple of, uh, a flash moments. Uh, he, he had a pretty good 2020, uh, where he almost had uh, 1100 yards there, um, but he's been an inconsistent wide receiver, right? And I don't necessarily know if at 29 years of age, this is the guy that is going to help unlock this uh, Arizona offense. You mentioned a lot of these guys that Arizona picked up too, Matt. And it's like like the Andy Isabella one really sticks out, right? Because again, another player they drafted early. He's not even on the squad anymore. That pick right there just absolutely blew me away. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a smaller wide receiver from a small school, unproven product entirely. And it's like, if you're going unproven, why, why would you not get just the Greek God in DK Metcalf and say, all right, well, both these guys are unproven. Let's just see who who comes out. I'm going to go ahead and put all my chips on the dude who looks like he's chiseled out of stone, man. You know what I'm saying? It just It doesn't make any sense. It was an, obviously a great move, home run move, to go get DeAndre Hopkins traded away David Johnson. And again, it, and if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien just being an absolute dunce mm. in the front offense, that yeah. trade would have never happened either. You know what I mean? So just some numbers here on, on Robbie Anderson. The last time you tracked him here, this was what? Um, in 2020. 2020, yep. Uh, sixty-five point eight percent success rate versus man. That's around the thirty-fifth percentile, so not very good. Seventy-seven point seven percent success rate versus zone. That's in the fortieth percentile. Again, not very good. Um, how does he fit into this Arizona offense? Now, is it a situation where he can walk into that Hollywood role and and ma- maybe do some things, or or is this just not a great fit? Look, it's it's bizarre
1: because. They've always kind of wanted some team speed, the the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Andy Isabella, team speed guy. Marquise Brown, speed guy. But at the same time, dude, like they've never ever put together a vertical offense. Uh, Like Rich Rebar calls them them the horizontal raid, you know, making the the air raid pun there. And like that's what they've been, right? I mean, even – uh um, Marquise Brown's sitting at about a 10 air yards per target number on the year. And that's actually climbed right. up in recent weeks. You know, they've actually got him a lot of layup looks. We know Rondell Moore has never used down the field at all. Like, I, I mean, nope. <laughs> for, <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> Rondell Moore, my God, uh, Rondell Moore's at 5.5.2 5. air yards per target, which is like a huge upgrade from what he was last year. So, um, that guy, Greg Dortch, when they had him going in there too, you know, he's yep. at 5.4. Um, five point three air yards per target. So they're they're a very short, uh, you know, kind of passing game. And uh, I do think in 2020, which is probably Robbie Anderson's best career year. So of course the Panthers then go and give him a ton of money following out right. following that season. And you know, looks like a terrible contract. They actually used him more to the line of scrimmage. Like they were really trying to hit big plays on Robbie Anderson on drag routes, slant routes, and crossing routes over and over and over again. Right. So. I think that makes sense. When you look at Robbie Anderson's 2020 uh, reception perception profile, probably his best routes were like the slant, the flat, and the go. Um, So I think that, again, that makes sense from a stylistic perspective. They're going to try to hit occasional big plays, but mostly it'll be quick hitting routes, trying to get guys in space against zone coverage and and get some run after catch opportunities. That has pretty much been the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Um, I I think he's just a – it's a huge – huge downgrade from Marquise Brown to Robbie Anderson um like i think that there are going to be people that look at it and like oh speed guy for speed guy no big difference right. i think Marquise Brown is just such a better football player such a more instinctual football player than Robbie Anderson is i think Anderson is a maybe decent wide receiver 3 maybe um you know and he's on the <laughs> he's on the latter part of his career and he's a speed-based player. Yes. So yeah, he's a role player. It's fine. They didn't give up much to get him. I think he'll, I, I I'm going to kind of go back and forth and I'm interested what you think, who who's better from a fantasy angle for this team rest of season, like Rondale Moore, or Robbie Anderson. I, I, I kind of go back and forth and I can hear both sides
0: of it. It becomes at least clear. Um, you had mentioned, okay, maybe Hollywood would have kind of stuck into that, speed slot role. And, and I, and I, when you brought that up, I never thought about that, but I think that does make a, did make a lot of sense and it still does. But I think with the acquisition now of Robbie Anderson, right? Like we know he's going to play outside. He, he's not yeah. going to play in the slot at all. So he's going to be the other outside wide receiver opposite of new Hopkins. Right. So now we know Rondale Moore for sure is going to line up in the slot. And we know for sure, Zach Ertz is going to be out there playing, you know, tight end slash, you know, a, a fourth slot receiver. Mm-hmm, um, pretty much. So for me, it's just like when you kind of take a look at at what's going on there uh, with the pass catching group, um, I would almost think uh, because everything is around the line of scrimmage right now that Rondell Moore probably does a little bit better than than Robbie Anderson uh, just because I I think, again, and again, there's going to be ramp-up time too, right? Like he's got to get to know this offense. They need to build a little chemistry between Robbie and the quarterback as well. So I would probably say rest of the season, Rondell Moore, I think in my mind, at least pretty easily, I think. Um, gets a lot more volume, and in the end just outproduces Robbie Anderson. By the way, who even knows where Robbie Anderson's head is at? You know what I mean? I know, yeah. Like, mentally, where is this guy? Like, we don't know. Is he, is he ready to, to, you know, again, just kind of suit it up and, and play football? It just, I don't know, man. There's something obviously going on with him, um, you know, getting in the face of his wide receivers coach like that, getting kicked off the team essentially, uh, getting shipped out to the desert. There's stuff going on. So yeah, they I would have 100
1: percent cut him had had Arizona not given them a bag of footballs for this guy. That he would have won he was definitely like right. all the we I uh, called people snake oil salesmen and hucksters for trying to pitch like hope that DJ Moore is gonna get traded. Like, but Robbie Anderson, yeah, oh, for sure was not gonna be on. I don't think even before um Sunday's blow up, I think he was he was not gonna be on this team.
0: I'll tell you what, if it doesn't go well, don't be surprised if Arizona cuts him too. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's talk about Washington because Carson Wentz, he's, he's hurt. He's going to be out for a while. Um, Taylor Heineke now assumes the role there uh, at the quarterback position for Washington. At least we think, at least we think, Uh, what does this mean for Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson and uh, Curtis 50 cent Samuel? (laughs) Um,
1: You know, I, I think it could be a good thing. Carson Wentz so far this year, you know, Wentz I think has gotten too much heat at certain times, um, but at the end of the day, he's still 29th in EPA per drop back, dude. Like, you know, he has not been. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's not. Oh. A lot of that is turnovers. A lot of that is like he winces so hard and so in in some moments. Um, But, you know, especially if like you, you know, you can't grip the football right and stuff like that. It, you know, th- right. That's not good. Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, there's there's some reporters immediately said like, oh, this you know opens up the offense, you know, which is. Not great when like oh the the former backup XFL quarterback Taylor Heineke opens up your playbook more than the guy that you handpicked in Carson Wentz. I don't even know if that's true, but you probably yeah. I don't know that if some- that's
0: tr- I don't think that's true. Come on, that's well, but just you might like-
1: you imagine that somebody said it to him. You know, yeah. somebody inside the building might have said it, which is right. again a little questionable. But right. Um, you know, Heineke, at least as they've won with him before, I understand why they're going to go to him first and not like rookie Sam Howell. I mean, there's a lot of people like, why don't they just play Sam Howell? It's like, you saw Ron Rivera after that Chicago game get pissed off in press conference. <laughs> he's not ready to like <laughs> throw in the towel on the season. So right. um, I do Although. think that Heineke too, you know, he's a he's like a backup level quarterback at best, but they've won games with him. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing too Last year it was like Terry McLaurin and the preseason boys for yeah. a lot of the season but you know McLaurin Samuel's been really good and in integrate obviously outside of his his couple rough plays on TNF but he's been good for them this season. Jahan Dotson's been good when he's played like Heineke will certainly have more of an arsenal to work with and I think one thing too is definitely good for Terry McLaurin like they were overusing him as a vertical receiver Okay. With Wentz this year, you know his his air yards per target is way up from what it was last year. Um, I, I can filibuster and look it up here, but you know last year with uh, we, one thing we know about ODU's finest Taylor Heineke James is that he is not a vertical passer. So far this no. year, thirteen point three air yards per target for Terry McLaurin with Carson Wentz, and that's actually kind of going down the last couple of weeks. Earlier in the season, it was it was even higher than that, hmm. and then okay. last year for, for for Terry McLaurin, air yards per target, you know, right right around like thirteen, yeah. So I think they're going to start to get him more. We saw it too against the Bears, just an, an ugly game. They started to get more like routine looks for uh, Terry McLaurin, more shorter intermediate routes. Like those are the routes that that Taylor Heineke is going to throw because he cannot push the ball downfield. No,
0: zero percent. The problem with Taylor Heineke, too, man, he throws a lot of those murder balls, dude. You're like, come on, man. Yeah, he really does. What did I say about McCourin last year? He was
1: he was number five in contest or number five in success rate versus man coverage, but second in percentage of of contested targets because Heineke would throw him into contested situations. There's gonna be a lot of that. This is not, by the way. This is the sort of um the bargaining with yourself you have to do with these wide receivers when. It's like, oh, well, Wentz was good for this reason, but you know, Heineke can be good for this reason. Like it, nothing not everybody's Stefan Diggs. That was one thing watching the games yesterday. I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. I think I tweeted about it too. Like, there are multiverses out there where Stefan Diggs never gets traded to the Bills, and Josh yeah, Allen and yeah, Stefan yeah. Diggs never find each other. Right. And thank God we live in this one, right? <laughs> we got these guys together and they're getting better and better and better and better with time. And unfortunately, the multiverse that we're in. For Terry McLaurin involves the 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 bargaining with myself about when's <laughs> bargaining with myself about Taylor Heineke and you know what when Sam Howell Taylor gets in Heineke, there we'll bargain with that there one is. too so yes
0: yes it's just All where right. we're at um I don't know what 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 do you kind of project here for for Terry McLaurin does it does it help does it not help I mean it has been a huge disappointment um, from a statistical standpoint I think it's fair to say. Uh, for Terry McLaurin I mean again we oh, look yeah. at three three weeks in a row now uh, week four two catches for 15 week five he popped up he looked okay five for 76 and now this week against Chicago uh, three for 41 Jalen Johnson by the way should be noted did come back uh, in that game too and and, and immediately asserted himself uh, on that defense 16 percent target share on the year for Terry McLaurin that's Crazy. No
1: projection model had Terry McLaurin at a sixteen percent target share, and Curtis Samuel at a twenty-two percent. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I think I think that Samuel, uh, you know, will have his role for sure, and like uh, Samuel could be really good on those layup passes with um, for sure with with Taylor Heineke there. I, I'd wonder if like you know the 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 Washington Commanders have a similar problem to the Jets, where they have too many dudes for a passing offense that's probably never going to be good. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I think it's like they got too look, many I running want, backs, too, <laughs> and they <laughs> I mean, have too many running. Back. Although no. they don't tell them that they only have Brian Robinson, and that is all that matters to them. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, Wentz just misses a lot of throws. Uh, I think Heineke leaves more more throws on the field, like in a Jimmy G style away. Right. Um, whereas Wentz just he'll take the throws, but he's going to miss them and, and, you know, not be an accurate player. Um, Heineke, I think could keep the offense and rhythm, stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, I think it's probably, I don't think it can be, it can get, I don't think it can be worse. Cause we've seen Heineke in this offense with McLaurin before this isn't like a, Oh, DJ Moore will get better because of Baker Mayfield. Well, we haven't seen Baker Mayfield in this poison Panthers environment, right? But we've seen Heineke in this Washington environment. We kind of know what it looks like.
0: You know, I will say this. I, I do think though, that I think Jahan Dotson could be in a little bit of trouble, man. I think he can yeah. be in a lot of trouble. Look, a lot yeah. of his early season production came on touchdowns on low volume, um, and I understand that this man has a, a catch radius that is unparalleled. I mean, his catch radius is unbelievable, and he makes splash plays because of it. But I'm just looking at Taylor Heineke and his skill set, and then I look at the pass catchers, you know, and and, and the options on this offense. How many plays are they going to be running? How many plays are going to be are are, are going to be called up pass plays? Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, I think are going to eat a lot of that target share. What's left for Jahan Dotson? And and now we're talking about a an offense, Matt, that I don't think is going to score a ton of points, right? So that touchdown upside to me gets pretty reduced. And I feel like I feel like it's a good time to sell high on Jahan Dotson. I know that sounds weird because he's been injured. But I think people still have the memory of Jahan Dotson playing really well early in the season, and they haven't been, you know, Those memories haven't been spoiled
1: yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Fair enough, man. I, I think that makes sense. And you know, like you said, so many of his big plays, Jahan Dotson came on like Wentz prayer balls. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of those, and and those. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Then again, you think about uh, Taylor Heineke throwing. Terry McLaurin into contested situations, Jahan Dotson can make those plays, but they're not going to be quite as... You know, I, I, no matter what, Wentz is a better deep ball passer than than um, Taylor Heineke oh, is. Oh, God, and so, yes, yeah.
0: absolutely. 100%. It's also, isn't
1: it weird that... Um, I still think that uh, Washington needs to kind of mix up like Curtis Samuel's route tree and roll with Jahan Dotson's route tree and roll, but um, so far they haven't done that, and we'll, we'll see what happens when all these guys get back.